Raging Asian. Raging Asian. Acha Hong Hong Nijin. Sunye the Yajo. Nagang Ali Tashano. Asia Ukra. Mangamuk Asia. Arekuru Asia Jin. Songan Asia. Raging Asian. Ura Isiali. No Choa. Funky Ilmasia. Hey, Raging Asians! I'm your host, Chloe Mayi, and this is episode four of our community series. This week's guest is Jesse Thandy, a new friend of mine who I met through my good friends Ella, Alex, and Kristen, all from Terrace, BC. But before we get started, I want to acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on land known as Jojake of the Ganyan Kahaga peoples and the Haudenosaunee Confederacy. As an Asian second generation immigrant and settler of mixed heritage, working on this community project, I want to acknowledge the history and the experiences of the people who have come before us and who we continue to share this land with as uninvited guests on their territory. So we have our next guest, Jesse Thandy. Yeah, Thandy, you got it. Yeah, Thandy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> who is a first generation um, Canadian who was born in Terrace, BC. She's actually there right now doing her practicum as a speech language pathology student. She has studied linguistics and AS. ASL, American Sign Language, at Carleton University, where she got her BA, and now she's doing her MA in Speech Language Pathology at McGill University. So she's currently based in Montreal, but is back in Terrace doing her practicum. So welcome, Jessie. Hey, thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, so excited. Um, how, how's it been being back home? Like, <laughs> it's, it's been really nice, actually. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's, home is so nice. Like, even just in northern BC, I mean, just not even counting the nature aspect mm-hmm. of it. And yeah. Being able to look outside and see mountains is nice. Oh yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's been, it's been so grounding, too. Like, being able to just come home. Yeah. And, and relax and, and see my family and my yeah. friends. And, yeah, it's... It's been two thumbs up on this on this end. <laughs> I will say, so Jesse has just. Uh, uh, we had to postpone the the first recording of the episode because she was in the hospital. She's okay now. Um, all is good. Just a. All is science, well. Just a know, blip. Just... <laughs> we just hit a blip. Um, it, happens, it happens, and yeah, life. Yeah, we're all life good or death. Now. Um, and here we are on the podcast so (laughs) we're so grateful to have you alive and well on the raging asian podcast (laughs) i love it here (laughs) um wow a trooper but i mean yeah it must be nice at least because terrace for people who don't know is like northern bc like about 16 hours from vancouver I think roughly yeah yeah it's about a like a 15 to 16 hour drive wow. from from Vancouver yeah 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 I find that a lot of people don't realize how north it mm-hmm. is I mean it's not like it's not super north north but it's when I say I'm from BC the first thing everyone says is like oh I have family in <laughs> Vancouver <laughs> and I'm like that's great <laughs> I, I have probably no idea no. who they are yeah. but <laughs> oh my god yeah I remember yeah. I had to look up where Terrace was when I first met Ella who was one of our mutual friends okay. and I really I like I was in Vancouver one year like one summer and I was like oh Ella you're in Terrace like I can come visit you you know <laughs> it's like like okay it's a bit far you know and <laughs> you can I mean good on you for wanting yeah. to drive <laughs> and then I looked it up and I was yeah. like oh my god it's 16 hours away yeah yeah definitely not um yeah not in anybody's radar mm-hmm. for when they think of what BC is or, or where yeah. I live but it's um it's beautiful yeah. up here I, I couldn't say anything better about yeah. it and so your parents immigrated to Terrace from India, right? 
Yeah, they actually immigrated um, to... First, they came to Prince Rupert, oh. which is um, a town just on the coast. It's, like, about two hours away mm-hmm. from Terrace. Um, they came there, um, but then they moved again to Terrace because there were... Um, we had sawmills here, mm. so my grandpa was able to get a job at the sawmill okay. town. Um, so then they moved to Terrace, and, and we've been here ever since. Mm-hmm. Haven't moved. Yeah. <laughs> so it was your yeah. grand father who initially immigrated or or your parents came with their parents it was my grandfather that initially immigrated and then my grandma and and my um i had my uncle and my dad Mm -hmm. came i'm gonna have to fact check that but i'm pretty (laughs) sure that's that's how it went um but yeah and then um so my dad he was he immigrated here when he was about three years old so he was he was pretty young still um, and then my mom immigrated in her early 20s. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, so, yeah so it was a little bit of, like, that mm-hmm. gap, but, um, yeah. Cool. That's how we ended up <laughs> in Terrace. <laughs> and did your parents know each other? Well, I guess not, because your, your father was in Terrace already growing up and, and, like, going to school and stuff, and your your mom was still in India, right? Like... Yeah, yeah. So um, arranged marriages are really common um, in Mm -hmm. our culture. So what ended up happening was um, my uh, my aunt, my my mom's sister, Mm -hmm. um, married my dad's brother. Okay. So it's it's like like, yeah, (laughs) close family. It's kind of like intermingling, and then what ended up happening was then my mom got married to my Mm -hmm. dad, and like so it kind of all like worked out because that's just how um that's just how it goes traditionally with us, and and so it kind of all worked out, Mm -hmm. and um a bunch of like my mom's family is also now immigrated either to Mm -hmm. um we have a lot of family in California Mm -hmm. and also a lot in um in Vancouver and in around okay. Vancouver so mm. yeah. and still in India too I imagine or not really mostly. um we have we have a couple of family in India um it's more so on my dad's side we have okay. family in India right now um but uh, really a lot of our family has has moved from mm. India and, and are okay. kind of everywhere yeah. so yeah. yeah yeah like super global globe trotters you know I mean, my geography of India is not great, but, like, are they from the northern areas or southern, southern India, or? Yeah, we're, we're from northern India, um, in Punjab, um, and so, like, my parents are from, like, two villages in Punjab, two separate Mm -hmm. villages, but we, it's really, like, we are so, um, like, connected to our roots in Punjab that everybody knows a lot of, like, the, the names of the villages and who lives in each village because wow. yeah, it's such, yeah. a, such a small little yeah. world there but yeah. oh cool yeah. and they're both from the same village or like too close they're from okay. different two different okay. villages um but yeah. have you ever gone back to like visit or did you um know? not as a recently the i was the only time i'd ever been to india was when i was like two years wow. old Aww. um so i don't remember yeah. a thing um <laughs> but um mm-hmm. yeah like i haven't been since mm-hmm. um and it probably has a lot to do with like the fact that most of our family isn't really right. there anymore and we i i mean i would love to go back and see uh, my family on my dad's mm-hmm. side one of these days but when we want to see our family now like um it's really funny because everybody's like I think a lot of people assume that, like, all of my family's in India, where I'm like, if I want to see my family now, I go to, yeah. like, uh, Sacramento, yeah. you know? Like, oh my my yeah. family's in, like, California. Yeah. No. Oh my God. Um, totally. And, like a, like, a lot of, yeah, like, just everywhere, even in, like, BC and mm-hmm. stuff, and so, yeah. yeah. Like, that's, like, yeah, people, whenever they find out that I'm Chinese, they're always like, oh, where in China? And I'm like, um actually vancouver <laughs> like not in china <laughs> not actually in china yeah. yeah it's so strange i find it really weird being first gen because like there's some things that you're like oh i just don't know that yeah. like i don't know that fact mm-hmm. or like i couldn't tell you and then i have to like mm-hmm. go and like ask my parents and then you feel bad because like should yeah. i know like yeah exactly right. where everything where, is yeah. but um, like what small t- yeah. yeah like i i don't think i know really i couldn't tell you the name of where my grandparents were from. Like, I know they're from... I know my grandfather came was born in Hong Kong, but my grandmother mm-hmm. came from mainland China. But 
like I don't know from where I just know that she like kind of ran away from her uh father when he remarried someone and she just didn't want a stepmother so she left and like escaped to live with her aunt in Hong Kong and so I just always (laughs) and it's like it's crazy because it was like on the eve of the cultural revolution too so she like managed to escape Mm. and go to Hong Kong before like the cultural revolution started and um she was like not allowed to go back to mainland China like Hong Kong was still under the British rule so they were more like um yeah what like they were still a, col- a colony basically yeah right but right. yeah oh my god that's that's so interesting yeah it's kind of wild she was like 16 you know and just like yeah 16. like just, oh my goodness you know a rebel and just left but yeah like an icon <laughs> yeah but yeah there's so many of these details that you know like i like you said as a first generation or it's hard for me because my dad is from here so i don't know if i'm like really first generation or like you're first generation on your mom's side yeah 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 that definitely yeah yeah. exactly that's a thing but then like yeah on my dad's (laughs) side it's like uh, like 14th generation like you know like it's like oh god (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah Uh, but um I'm kind of curious about like what it was like growing up in in Terrace you know like and um it was it definitely I mean from the perspective of where I'm at Mm -hmm. now like I'm like oh it was awesome like I loved I loved growing up here I I have some awesome Mm -hmm. like lifelong friends Mm -hmm. that I made um, in Terrace, but w- with anything, when you're from a smaller-ish town, especially in, like, northern BC, it was, it was, it came with some little, like, hardships mm. here and there. I mean, like, sure. I remember, like, there was a couple years in elementary school when I was, like, the only person of color, like, yeah. in my class, yeah. and, like, because there was just a lot of, really, like, in Terrace, we always, like, or when I grew up it was a lot of like you were either white you were indigenous Mm. or you were Indian Mm. there was like the three I mean there was a lot of other identities like as well Mm -hmm. here and there but that's kind of like the majority of the breakdown Mm -hmm. um and I went to a school that was that was very white yeah (laughs) there was a lot of white people that that went to the school so I grew up with a lot of like white Mm. friends and and Mm -hmm. and stuff but and oh they were I had amazing friends but it's it's you're you're bound to attract (laughs) some attention being Mm. you know the only the only person of color in in a group of people and and I I found that to be true of like my um my Mm -hmm. growing up Mm -hmm. as well yeah no and especially like I don't know even in my high school like there really weren't that many Asian people but even then you know sometimes like, I wouldn't get mixed up, like, people wouldn't mix me up with other Asian students, but they would mix me up with other people, and it's just kind of, like, you know, mm-hmm. like, the, like, ethnic minorities just kind of, like, blend together in a weird way <laughs> that's, like, oh, this is, like, yeah. not great, but... <laughs> yeah, like, no, yeah. absolutely. I, I grew up getting mixed, especially, like, in, when we moved into middle school, mm-hmm. And all the elementary schools kind of came together, and mm. we had one middle school and one high school. And I, I remember always getting um, mixed up with my one friend. Mm. And we look, we're both mm-hmm. brown. We look like quite similar, but at the same time, it was like we are two different yeah. people. Like <laughs> I am not yeah. her, and, and I even like our teachers would get us mixed up mm. all the time. And like it's just yeah. like, uh, yeah. this is this is, this is yeah, <laughs> but, exactly. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, and then on the flip side, too, you know, like, you're trying to fit in, especially in high school, right? Like, um, Oh, yeah. And then, but then some people will say, like, oh, you're, like, whitewashing, right? Or, like, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're, like, um, a coconut or something, you know? Like, they say brown on the outside, but yeah. white on the inside, or there's all, or a banana, that's another one, yellow on the outside, white on the inside, yeah 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 we I I definitely felt that a lot growing up like it was it's like you're not it's like you're not white enough Mm -hmm. 
for the white kids, but you're not brown enough for yeah. the brown kids. Like, it's just one of those things because, like, I have family in, like, Brampton and I have family in, like, Surrey mm-hmm. where there's more, there's more of, like, um, a community, like a, like a Punjabi Sikh mm-hmm. community there. And I always found it difficult because whenever I would go to visit my family, I felt so whitewashed mm. because I was like, I, I, I can't speak Punjabi right. as fluently as, as, as everybody. And like, mm-hmm. it just, it, I, I, I felt like I didn't fit in yeah. either if I was in Terrace or if I was right. like with my family, it yeah. was a bit, it was really difficult and, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you, so you do speak some Punjabi, right? Or, okay. Yeah. I speak definitely enough to get okay. by and like, uh, definitely like with my grandpa and, and that's amazing. And yeah. whoever is around me that, that needs it. But at the same time it was like, it was so hard because, like, going to school, like, mm-hmm. there, w- I didn't really have a friend group in which I could right, speak Punjabi yeah. to. Like, yeah. I spoke English everywhere yeah. except for, like, these specific mm-hmm. instances, mm-hmm. Um, which was, yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yeah. And how did you come to, like, um, study ASL and linguistics? I'm just kind of curious, like, how you got motivated to like was it just a love of languages at first and then I don't know yeah I'm kind of curious yeah I um so like when the short there's a short there's a like a funny little story but like basically in high school I really wanted to be a doctor mm. but I don't know if that was because I wanted to be a doctor <laughs> yeah. or because I Brown was like parents yeah. like you should yeah, be a doctor exactly. Yeah. Um, exactly like I, and I knew, like, I wanted, you know, as a doctor, you want to help mm-hmm. people, and I knew I wanted to help people, um, but I just hated, hated math <laughs> so much, yeah. and physics, oh God, yeah. and I just, yeah. I, I remember just, like, hating those yeah. courses, and I, I didn't have a passion for it at all, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I loved English, mm-hmm. and I loved languages, I loved language arts, it was something that I've, I've always been absolutely mm-hmm. obsessed with, um, and so one day, I went over to my friend Hannah Rush's house. Shout out Hannah Rush. Um, you're the reason why I'm here. Um, but I was just ranting to her because I was like, you know, like, I want to do something where, like, I can mix my love of science and then, like, my love of, of languages and, 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 and English. And she just looks at me dead in the eye and she's like, so a speech pathologist? <laughs> and I was like, Huh. Yeah. <laughs> like, sure, yeah, I guess I mean, so. Like, I guess that's her, what I even want. knowing about speech pathology, like, speech pathology in high school, like, I don't think I even knew about it, you know? The yeah. only, yeah, the only reason why she knew was because her aunt was a speech pathologist, um, cool. and she was like, my aunt does this thing, and, like, it's kind of exactly okay, what you're talking yeah. about, which was really, really funny, mm. um, and that's kind of, like, what I say all the time, and I was like, why do you want to be a speech mm-hmm. pathologist? Like, like that's just like the intro story but then like as I grew up and as I've been growing up I've I've found like different reasons Mm -hmm. and like different reasons why like when I when I was growing up I like my parents would always work over the summers while we were in school so Mm -hmm. I would always be with my grandparents Mm -hmm. so they like like would help um they would babysit me (laughs) during the summers and their friend lived two houses down mm-hmm. and he uh, suffered a really massive stroke oh, yeah. and he spoke Punjabi. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't speak a lot of English. And what happened is he ended up getting a lesion in his brain that affected his language oh, communication okay. mm-hmm. um, areas. So he was quite unintelligible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember every single summer he would come over he would just come over mm-hmm. and, and he would hang out with my grandparents and that was their mm-hmm. friend and they would have like laugh together and, and talk to each other and, and he was just so like full of light mm. every single time he, he came over to my grandparents' house and and here I was, I was like, I I don't know if I'm going crazy, but I don't understand right. I don't I can't understand right. anything. Like I was like, I don't this mm-hmm. he he was just unintelligible and, and it was really hard because there was nobody in the area mm-hmm. one that was there was really no speech pathologist at all okay. in the area. And two, there wasn't any bilingual ones. Yeah. Like, no one Punjabi spoke Punjabi. Punjabi, so, like... Or, yeah. Exactly. So, like, there was really no services yeah. for him at the time. Um, and so I remember that so vividly as a kid, whenever he used to come over, and it was, like... I just remember watching them communicate mm. and, and and them just 
just having this such a loving connection. And it wasn't until after my grandma passed away two years ago Mm. when I realized, or my aunt told me that they never understood what you were saying. Okay, I was just going to ask, like, did your grandparents understand (laughs) you? But they didn't. No, like, I grew up thinking because I just saw these people having such this loving connection Mm -hmm. and, and this this wow. this communication like back yeah. and forth and and I just assumed that they that they knew and and I'm sure that he also knew that they didn't right. understand what he was right. saying either but mm. it was such a, a moment for me where I was like oh my god how important yeah. is it that we have yeah. ways in which we're able to communicate especially mm. when we're talking about diverse communities yeah. like it is so important to have diverse SLPs and, and bilingual yeah. SLPs and just like resources. Like anybody yeah. that can bring that perspective. Yeah. Like it's it's so important. Mm-hmm. So that's the that's the story that gets me through like mm-hmm. my yeah. days of studying <laughs> and being like, it's so yeah. much but then I then I remember like why why right. I'm doing it uh, and it all comes no, back. No, that ma- that story makes me think of just this summer I was working with the Red Cross through in the old folks' homes. And there were several um, Chinese, like Asian uh, seniors living in the old folks' home. And because most of them had dementia or Alzheimer's, even if they were bilingual, like at some point in their lives, they normally, when you have dementia, you kind of revert to your first language because it's like what you're uh, most natural and comfortable speaking. And even when they are speaking their, like their first language, um, like you were saying, it's, it's not really intelligible. Like, um, sometimes because of dementia, sometimes they have had strokes, um, similar to this, the the Punjabi guy you're talking about. So like, Mm -hmm. I don't speak much Chinese or like Mandarin or Cantonese really. Um, and one of the, one of the seniors I kind of really became fond of was a Mandarin speaker and the only, like, phrases I knew how to say was, like, ni hao ma, like, how are you? Um, and so I'd ask mm-hmm. her that every day. And, like, um, she would respond always, wo bu hao, which is, well, at first, I thought she was saying good, like, I'm good, I'm good. Um, mm-hmm. Because how means good. And in my, like, broken right. um, understanding, I was like, okay, like, I can, <laughs> I can identify that word, Put you know. Put the pieces together. But then when I <laughs> yeah. came home and told my mom, like, you know, she's been saying, wo bu hao, wo bu hao. And my mom's like, no, that means she's not good. Bu means no. Like, oh. so, so she had been saying, I'm not good. Like, I'm <laughs> the, the whole, whole time. time. And I was like, oh, my God, oh, I was no. devastated, you know. I was like. I don't even have the language skills to ask, like, like what is wrong or what you need. And anyway, so I tried every day. I would, like, write a few phrases down that I would Google Translate and try to, like, understand a bit more, like, what, you know, I would write down, like, the word for hungry or sleepy or, like, mm-hmm. are you thirsty? And so I would just learn these, like, really short phrases to ask her. But... It just, yeah, it honestly made me really sad about, like, you know, she's in this facility that's mostly white francophone. She would sit and watch, like, French TV all day long. Um, And, like, she doesn't understand French. Um, But, I mean, she would just kind of watch it, I guess, for entertainment. And, you know, yeah, so it just made me sad about, like, the resources, the language um, barriers there too, you know. Absolutely, yeah, and like how, and I think it's it like that's such a sweet story um, about you even like writing down like <laughs> words and stuff because really like from a human perspective, but also from an SLP's perspective, like when you lose your communication, you also lose your culture because mm-hmm. communication yeah. is culture, and like that is so important mm. that we have people even like do you don't have to be an SLP like even like you doing mm. that that was able to like even if her answer was that she <laughs> yeah. wasn't good you know <laughs> like at least you know at least somebody's like asking her mm-hmm. and and you know that she's not losing that mm-hmm. th- that culture because that's right. so important and I think that at, when we're talking about communication mm. we can't not think about people 
about every aspect yeah. of it. I and I think that's that's so important, like, mm. for me as an SLP and as for, for me as a professional, mm-hmm. like, to really think about it in, like, a whole... Um, in a yeah, like way, the whole really. picture of but, it. Yeah, and I was even yeah. like one day I was surprised. I gave her, you know, my pad of paper and a pen, and she just started writing. She started writing all of these things in Chinese, like, like I couldn't read it, but and, and I showed it to someone who does read Chinese, and like it, it wasn't really intelligible. Like it was kind of scribbles, and I mean. I would ask her her name. That was another phrase that I ended up learning. Like, what's your name? And she would kind of get frustrated with me because she's like, you already know my name. <laughs> but, like, yeah. why are you asking me this? Yeah. Then, you know, I'd ask her to, like, write it down. And so she would write it down. And, um, like, most of the other senior residents who were there couldn't write anymore. Like, their hands mm. and I think the dementia, like, it would come out as, like, just scribbles and scratches on the paper. Mm-hmm. Um, so right. her dementia wasn't so bad that she 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 could still write but like it wasn't sentences it didn't it wasn't coherent it was just like kind of random words or but she did she would write all she would write out all the numbers like one two three four five, like and she would try to teach me like one two and then like all the numbers and yeah that's so, that's so beautiful too like even if it was because that 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 doesn't make sense like when when mm-hmm. um with dementia patients um that's that is that is super normal mm-hmm. but even like that is so beautiful of her to to even just just reach out in that yeah. way and want to and want to communicate mm-hmm. in in a way that she knows is more comfortable mm-hmm. for her and 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 yeah that's oh that's yeah. beautiful <laughs> but yeah no it just makes me think you know like like you were talking about having bilingual like Punjabi and English like ASL or speech pathologists you know and like we need like they're the diaspora communities in Canada are just growing now, right? And absolutely, and yeah. There will be a point where they're aging too, and they will need services that and support, right? And there's, you know, the supports that exist out there currently are mostly catered to white, white Anglophone or Francophone communities, right? And not, yeah, not people of color. Yeah, like even like the SLP field in itself. 92 percent of it is uh is mm. white wow there's only eight oh percent um yeah slps that, that are people of wow. color and that is so alarming yeah. <laughs> um because like the communities that we work with are more likely to be communities that that are our poc mm-hmm. communities mm-hmm. and and our bipoc communities and so it's it's so important for us as a field and just like just any field, not even just SLP, just a medical yeah. field as a general to be, to, to, to be representative of that diversity yeah. as much as possible. Um, and it's, it can be really difficult too, because what, when you have, when you have that kind of number, like a nine, like a 92%, mm-hmm. it does mean a lot of the research is also, right. you know, based off of white people, white yeah communities and like white people Mm -hmm. and so it's just it's difficult because you're 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 trying to learn as much as you can but at the same time you're also trying to take in um other diverse communities that you might be a part of to be like hey what this isn't representative of of what we're seeing here and like we might be like for example um a lot of dialects are taken away Mm -hmm. like at in in schools um because we have a lot of white slps going into schools and thinking that um a child who speaks african-american vernacular english um the way that they speak is like a grammar problem so they'll get very prescriptivist and they'll like Mm -hmm. start taking away all of these like cultural Mm -hmm. dialects because they're it's just just not knowing and not really being educated in like what is a dialect mm-hmm. and what is actually a linguistic and mm. a language center like okay. issue yeah. and so i think there's a lot of back and forth right mm-hmm. now especially in right now between um slps that are people of color and white slps about how do we switch right. this how do we get people to even just care about like mm. looking so much deeper in, into these things and, and making sure that we're not being submerged yeah. really yeah. and the communities aren't being submerged yeah. in that way but and it's like not totally erasing yeah. all of these important cultural um facets 
and like within language, right? You know. Yeah. Absolutely, and like exact, like again, like languages and communication is culture. Mm-hmm. So when you, when you're not looking into these sort of things, what you're doing is is just erasure. Yeah. Like at the end yeah. of the day, and and it's you might not even know yeah. it. Like you might not even be like completely yeah. aware of it, but it's yeah. still there, and 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 that's even scarier. Yeah. But yeah, but wow. Yeah. No. I mean, I hadn't even thought about like the well. I mean, I always connect language and culture together, but to think of uh, language as a culture in it of itself, right? You Absolutely. Know, and, yeah. and the kinds of pockets and communities that form around, like if you are a speaker who's struggling to communicate, you know, that doesn't mean you're like, saw culture either right like if you have yeah you know, like i'm just thinking of like american sign language too right so like if Absolutely, you yeah. if you're signing you are still part of a culture and like you still have your own kind of community and cultural like just because you can't communicate doesn't mean you don't have that cultural insight yeah. and knowledge either right yeah and even like there's there's so many like even within the field there's there's a lot of like ableism as well Mm -hmm. in in the sense that when someone says language we automatically think speaking yeah even in that itself and that that language is is how is however you communicate it can be speaking it can be signing it can be writing Mm -hmm. like you mentioned it can be however you want to be able to spread a message however Mm -hmm. you want it to be heard that's language and I think that it doesn't matter if you're using an iPad, (laughs) like it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. what kind of device you're using. It doesn't matter how you're doing it. Everybody has their way of communicating and, Mm -hmm. and it's, it, it's, it all matters at the end of the day. (laughs) But yeah, it's, there's, there's a lot more to, um, to it than just, um, trying to like in quotations, like fix speech. Yeah. Um, there's so much yeah. more to the field than yeah. that. And, and I think that's, it's so important to recognize. And there's such a colonial we, history too, in that idea of trying to fix someone's speech. Like you mentioned, you know, like trying to fix an African-American's, uh, like vernacular, you know, and, and other, yeah. other ethnic vernaculars too, that are kind of yeah. little idioms or little, um, yeah. things that you pick up through upbringing and child rearing and in a culture, you know, and, um, so yeah, like, you know, the ethics of that too, like, um, without being a pathology, right? Like, you know, there, there's, there's the extent to which like, yeah, sometimes there is an actual pathology, like there is a, like a speech problem or, um, impediment yeah. or, disability but there there's also yeah just like in colonial history you know trying to uh erase a a community's language and like just colonize them and assimilate them to you know the absolutely like it's such it's such a way in to and I I hate that it is but it is it is such a way Mm -hmm. in to do that because like even like growing up in northern bc like we're I'm we have like like obviously like a huge indigenous mm-hmm. community here, yep. and 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 indigenous communities and, and have their own dialects that are that are beautiful and and but what is what is holding somebody back from saying that is a language problem right. when actually it's just a dialect mm-hmm. like there's no one holding yeah. there's no one to even like bounce that idea right. off of it's just somebody could come in and say that is that is a problem right. we need to fix it that is right. improper grammar yeah. to a kid in in like this public right. elementary school like and do all the therapy possible mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it's like hey that was actually my my cultural right. dialect yeah. that you just took away and it's so hard to get back mm-hmm. and and so i think that's it's important like being in these kind of fields to also recognize how it's how they've also been rooted in in racism mm-hmm. and, and ableism and, and homophobia right. like I think if we look into any sort of field um, especially anything in the medical profession like yeah. it's right. really important to recognize yeah, that yeah 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 uh, but I think I mean like your initial story about the 
the Punjabi man who had a stroke, like, there's obvious, like, there's an obvious need as well for the kind of community services yes. and, and support in speech and language as well. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think, Absolutely. like, that colonial history doesn't negate the need for speech pathologists and, in, mm-hmm. like... Yeah, absolutely. And definitely just, like like you said, it's not like there's not a need. Mm-hmm. I mean, we need speech pathologists. Yeah. Like, that's something that's so important. But I think that it's about having the right speech yeah. pathologists and, and having the speech pathologists that that have their heart in the right places. And I've met so many mm-hmm. of them, too. Like, I, I've i met so many lovely speech pathologists where I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, you're incredible. Mm-hmm. And I know your heart's in the right place. But it's it's naive to think that everybody's like yeah. that. Um, but... I, 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 yeah, I agree. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of curious now, too, because, like, you grew up in Terrace, and you went you went to Carleton for your BA, and now you're doing your MA in Montreal. So you've, like, you've moved around a little bit, too, and I'm kind of curious how these different places, how, or, like, how your experience has been in these different places, and either how it's informed your sense of identity or your research as well and like um or kind of growing up and like finding that sense of self I guess in your in your schooling but also just yeah like yeah yeah um I think like when I when I was growing up in Terrace like I definitely was very like not unaware but willfully ignorant (laughs) of my being a, a, a person, like, a person of color, mm-hmm. I definitely would just, like, oh, like, these are my white friends, <laughs> and, like, would, like, we go to the movies on Saturdays, you know? Like, I, I just wasn't, mm-hmm. I just wasn't very, like, in tune with what that really meant in the real mm-hmm. world. And, um, and I think that um, when I moved to, like, when I did my undergrad, um, it was, it started to get a little bit more like, oh, I get it now. Mm. Like, I get that this is harder for me than it is for other people. Okay. And I get that, like, why that could be so. And mm. then it just grew and grew and grew, like, this notion. Of, and then this idea, really, the like, just fact mm. in my brain that I was like, oh, my God, my experience is different. Right. Because I think I had spent so much of my life pretending it mm-hmm. wouldn't be. and. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, or thinking that it mm-hmm. wouldn't be, but it, it really hit me in my master's program mm-hmm. when when I when I got in and and we have like only a handful of people of color mm-hmm. in our program mm-hmm. and and how mu- how much of the information um, is is not extremely diverse mm-hmm. and and it became really really real for me in this past okay. year like how important it was that I was even there like how important Mm. it was that I was a part of this cohort Mm -hmm. and how important like my voice is like in and not only for me but for people that Mm -hmm. identify with me and the the communities that I represent like oh my god what a what a what a big thing to be a part of too um and I I I, yeah, in this past year, like, I just mm. realized how important it was that I was there and, and that it wasn't just a master's program. It was me literally trying to wow. break through yeah. a lot of barriers and mm. and all that stuff. But it's, yeah, it's it's been really, um, this whole journey has been extremely, um, mm. it's, like, really, like, powerful and also just, like, um, a really great, mm-hmm. like, time for me to be able yeah. to, like, come into myself yeah, yeah, yeah. in that way, I guess. And, like, I mean, I've heard on the flip side, like, just listening to you talk right now like that also just sounds like a lot of work too like for you you know right like to have to being like a woman of color as well right because like there's that intersection Mm -hmm. too and um it's like it's like you're saying it's a powerful thing but at the same time like if I'm just thinking about you in comparison to the other students in your cohort, like I can imagine you're doing 10 times more work than they are because you're a person of color, right? And like you, you are pushing the boundaries and you're representing your community and all of these things like the, like the, there is a kind of pressure as well, like not necessarily like an external pressure, but even like I can imagine for myself too, like a pressure that I put on myself as like a woman and a woman of color, like, from a Chinese, like, 
first generation, you know, immigrant family, right? Like you're yeah. you're representing or you're Absolutely. like you're speaking on behalf of your ancestors or your community and then you want to do it yeah. justice. But at the same time you have to fight all these like white people. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. It's um honestly I've I've I my cohort this year like is really really awesome and they're 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 for the most part very receptive um but it's hard because like it's hard I find in my personal experience is having to constantly really pay mm. attention to pick up on things like it's 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 the decision of like someone said something that's problematic do I bring it up right now or am I putting myself in a position to be like right judged because I yeah. like this is something that's wrong and, and that can even come from like right. students yeah. profs anybody like and having to be there and be like and having to pick up on these right. little tiny, like, yeah. even, like, microaggressions mm-hmm. and be, like, when is it yeah. my... Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's always our place, but, like, having to have that decision in the back of your mind, like, yeah. I'm not only just listening to the lecture, I'm actually also right. trying to be critical of it, and I'm also trying yeah. to pick it apart, and I'm tra- also trying to understand mm-hmm. where I fit in mm-hmm. in all of this, and, and it's it took me a lot to realize that, like, that isn't something that a lot of my my right. people my cohort have to do like they don't have to constantly sit yeah. there and, and think yeah, about exactly. all of these things yeah. but I'm just trying to get a grad school exactly. education <laughs> like, yeah. you know but mm. it's it's yeah for and it's not just me like it's not just my yeah. individual experience like it's mm-hmm. so many people's uh, experiences and yeah. uh, being a part of such a and big institution. And it's such a tricky line, but... too. Like, okay, do I let this kind of slide? But then you're like, no, I shouldn't let this slide. Like, I should say something. So at the same time, like you're saying, you're you're mm-hmm. still there. Like, you want to learn about speech-language pathology. Like, right? You know, it's like... You're yeah. Just like <laughs> yeah. yeah, for me, you know, like, there's always the people who are like, oh, don't make it about race, you know, or don't make it about gender or don't make it about class mm. or like this and that, you know, it's always about those yeah. things. <laughs> like no matter what, yeah. that's the problem. That's yeah, what, that's exactly. what this is about, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Like this is, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, you cannot take the politics mm. in quotations, politics, um, yeah. out of any exactly. of this. And like, I think that if, if, if you think that that's possible, then then you should be looking a little bit deeper and, yeah. and trying to, you know. And I also find that, like, even bringing it up and even, 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 like, it's, it takes a lot of courage mm. to unmute yourself yeah. in a Zoom meeting like, and yeah, say, like, hey, this was wrong. Like, or mm-hmm. hey, I'm going to put myself out there and yeah. say that this is wrong. Like, yeah. that's exhausting. And it, and it gets exhausting because then you yeah. get questions and then, and then people, like, and then you yeah. have to answer everybody's questions and maybe you have a perspective that you don't aren't right. really comfortable with and it's and, hard you know it's it's not yeah. even just it's saying hard to anything even because then suddenly if you do say something then everyone's expecting you to be like the like the holder like to know everything about you know what you're saying like mm-hmm. retweet dude <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like okay so then exactly. what are the facts like what is correct then like and you're like I, I don't know but like I just know that that was problematic <laughs> right yeah a hundred percent and people will like message me and be like what are your <laughs> thoughts about this and this and this and this and I'm like I uh, like <laughs> I I, yeah. I'm, I'm sure I have thoughts, but, like, yeah. it's just, it's, <laughs> um, it's, a, it's, like, 7.30 p.m. on a Tuesday, like, yeah. oh I want to yeah. like, it's, yeah. it's exhausting, but it's, I mean, if that's what we have to do, like, if that's what, that's what diversifying right. the field looks like, and if that's what, that's what I have to do, then in my brain, I'm, like, I'll, I'll take yeah. it, but also to my own, like, mental health and, you know, trying to set boundaries. That it's a lot of work on you and people of color within their fields who have to suddenly do all of that re-education right or or educate not not even Mm re-education well like they're educating their peers right and on top of like trying to get their own master's degree right (laughs) I'm just trying to get the work done yeah exactly (laughs) suddenly you're like at the front of the class instead of like being in the crowd of students right yeah, yeah yeah absolutely yeah um well maybe on that <laughs> note should we, <laughs> should we play our um our game our raging or asian oh boy i always mix it up raging or aging 
raging or aging Asian? Yeah. Aging. I would... All right, let me um, share my screen. I would love to. I'm so excited. Um, I mean, and also, like, I guess another question, I mean, you might not even really identify with Asian, like, you know, like, you, you I identify as Indian, right? Or, like, Indian-American. Yeah, more, like, Punjabi yeah. Indian. Uh, yeah, I definitely didn't use Asian, no. like, growing up a lot. No, but. yeah. It's, like, India is more, like, South... Southeast Asia, yeah, South, South Asian. Asian, yeah, yeah, yeah. but um, we're all yeah. in Asia. <laughs> <laughs> no. But yeah, I mean, like this podcast too. I like, I didn't want it initially when I was trying to think of like having people as guests. I didn't want it to be like the guests don't have to be Asian either. You know, like <laughs> I'm not yeah. only approaching Asian people. Like, I want to be on your podcast. I'm but... not Asian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but so it's, I mean, like, it's the aging or raging Asian game, but, like, it's not. Yeah. Are you, okay. So the first item is Ooh. sriracha. Um, do you think it's aging or raging? I don't know. Your gut. What does your gut tell I'm you? I'm going to say that sriracha is aging. Aging. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. I, I put raging for you me. You put raging. Okay. I just like, interesting, <laughs> <laughs> but I want to hear. I want to hear what you were you were gonna say, like aging. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I think like, well, I'm you. You're probably better to to vote on this because I'm I I cannot stand spicy food. Like I can <laughs> to some extent, but like I'm not a spice fanatic. Okay. Anybody that is like looking at this and knows me is yeah. like you have no way to judge this if, <laughs> if you can't handle spice. I mean, you do. Right. Um, I've. I loved sriracha. It had its moment, and mm. I loved a sriracha moment, and I still mm. do. Mm-hmm. I just feel like there are so many more flavorful hot sauces. Mm. Fair. That's fair. Like it's age. Yeah. It's had its time. It's. What is yeah. your What is your like go to hot sauce then? Now, or do um, you have like? I love. I think it's called. There's this like, green pepper Ooh. jalapeno cholula Ooh. like hot Ooh. sauce yeah Yum. i'm obsessed with it and it's so good and mm. um it's i put it on everything but i also once upon a time put sriracha on everything so maybe <laughs> i'm just like i maybe i'm aging <laughs> <laughs> well this this game is we will see you know i'm stuck on the first question Chloe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> love it okay um yeah i said raging just because like it's red. It's hot. Like, I put, I and still put sriracha on everything. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I just, it's raging. But that's my, that's my gut. Okay. MIA. Do you remember MIA? I she, don't remember okay. MIA. She's the rapper um, who, did, like, paper planes, like, da, 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 da. oh my God. I can't I just want you to keep rapping. <laughs> Sitting on trains, everything I get, yeah, I'm clucking my brain. Every time I win, I win them all the same. Oh, yeah, right. No, no, no. All I want to do is boom, do boom, 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 boom. And I do, don't want to say, take your money. All I want to do is say, yeah. Yeah. I, first of okay. all, like, loved that <laughs> musical interlude. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Oh, my I God. I didn't, you know what? I didn't know. Like who was who was on that track or or mm-hmm. who like did that? Who and now that? that I do, I want to say raging because okay. that's yeah. iconic. Yeah, I put aging on like that's my perspective. Um, We're not winning, Chloe. <laughs> We're not on the same page apparently. <laughs> but I mean, Mia, I do still love her. Um, she has another song called "Bad Girls." Um. I'm trying to find the tune so I can also sing it. No. How does it go? Um, it's like they're in cars and they're just like driving. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, I need to like look this up now. <laughs> I just need to look it up. <laughs> oh, what is it in? Bad Girls M.I.A. Um, oh, I see what you're talking about with the cars. With the cars. Yeah. She's like... <laughs> Oh, yes, this is how it goes. Live fast, die young, bad girls, do it well. Live 
fast I am backwards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's okay. Here's, All right. Wait, mate. Here's another reason why I uh, growing up in um, northern BC was uh, different. Is because I grew up, like, not on a lot of hip-hop, but instead mm. classic rock. Oh, um, okay. So people look at me and they're like, oh, you must know a lot of rap. Um, that's another <laughs> stereotype okay. micro thing. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I actually grew up on, like, like, um, like Van Halen and, like, Motley <laughs> Crue and, like, <laughs> like yes. all of this stuff where yes. I'm like, I, Love I have it. no idea. Oh, but my God. Love it. I'm going to call her Raging. I think she's yeah. very pretty. She <laughs> is quite pretty. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yes. Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> I, I love this so much. You know, good Jack Black, uh, Kung Fu Panda. Panda? No? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You've seen this, right? Yeah, you have. You must. Of, of course, yeah, of okay. course. Um, I want to say that Kung Fu Panda is raging mm-hmm. because I will never be against a Jack Black movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> However, would it would would have been better if they casted probably some more Asian, Asian representation in this movie because so far what I'm getting is just Jack Black. Yeah. Um, so yeah. um, mm-hmm. I'm but I'm gonna still say that it's it's raging yeah. because because I love the movie. Yeah, I I said raging too. Okay. Yeah, great movie. Love T- you're totally right. Should have had more Asian people like. I don't know, like, even Jackie Chan could have been, like... <laughs> you yeah, know, like, like, why yeah. not, you know? But, like, I understand, because Jack Black um, is... He's hilarious. Uh, he's he's hilarious. I um, I once had a dream... Uh, I'm sorry, I'm bringing this up on your podcast, but I once... I just need to bring up this story. So, one day, like, I had a dream a couple of years ago. By a couple of years, I feel like it was, like, high school. That Jack Black had died. Mm. And... No. I woke up, and this was when Jack Black was, like, take, like he didn't have a lot of things mm-hmm. out. Like, it wasn't, right. he wasn't, like, everywhere. Right. So I woke up, and I don't remember ever anybody, like, validating that Jack Black wasn't oh dead. <laughs> so there was, like, a span of years where I just thought he was thought dead. He was dead. Oh, my God. And, like... And then, like, it, it, and no, because no one mentions Jack no, Black right, on the daily, right, you know? Like, no, no one's just going to be like, hey, Jack Black, he's alive. Yeah. <laughs> so I went all these years, and I remember there were days where I was like, oh my god, I just wish Jack Black was still alive, oh because I loved him so much. <laughs> did you say and that then, out loud once? And then, I'm, I'm sure okay. I did. I'm sure I did, and I'm sure my friends thought I was kidding, oh, or I okay. was, like, pulling a No joke. one corrected then, you. <laughs> Because no one would, like, and because I just never brought it up in, like, really maybe not very, ever in the open, but I just, in my head, I was sad for years because I missed Jack Black so much. And then Jumanji came out, and I, in front of my friend, out loud, said, I can't believe they CGI Jack Black into this movie. Oh my god. And he was like, excuse me? And I was like, they CGI'd Jack Black post-death into this movie. Oh my god. Post-death. And then that's when I realized and I was told that I was wrong. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Anyways, that's my oh side my story. Oh my god. <laughs> Phenomenal. Absolutely. <laughs> they CGI Jack Black, everybody. They CGI Jack Black into Jumanji. Jumanji. Yeah. Fact. Fact. Yeah. Wow. Oh my god. Anyways, long story short, think it's raging. Yep. Uh, love you, Jack Black. Um, <laughs> sponsor yeah. me, please. Oh my god. Postmortem. Oh my god. Ah, that is so funny. That you had like convinced yourself. Fully. From a dream. Fully. Like I just I woke up and I said yes. Yeah. Like I was like absolutely. That it that, makes that sense. Like I haven't heard about him. Yeah. Where has he been? He's dead. He's gone. He had wow. to be dead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> wow. And here he is, Jack Black. They should do yeah. a, another Kung Fu Panda. Like I mean, they I did two, did, right? Even three, I think maybe? so. I was hearing rumblings of of another Ooh, one. Oh, that'd um, be fun. Oops, yeah. oops, oops. Okay. The next is T. <laughs> it's just. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I would say that tea is always raging. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. my, specifically, my mom's chai tea. Oh. Um, shout out to my mom. Yeah. Um, we love moms. For, yeah, <laughs> love them. Um, I love her chai tea, so I'm, I'm going to say always mm. raging. Um, other teas, like... Like re- like some loose leaf mm. teas, I think kind of taste like leaf juice, um, which is Same. fine. I used to always say that like, I hate like fruity teas, like fruity yeah. fruity teas. Like no, that's just warm juice. That's just like hot juice. That's just hot leaf yeah. juice. But I'll take an oolong and exactly. an herbal tea because exactly. it tastes like tea. But yeah. like, if you're trying to sell me a blueberry Ew. tea, like no. it's just not yeah, gonna work. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally feel you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I remember we went camping once and you brought chai, like you made us all chai tea by like, yeah, oh, yes. it was so that was good. It was, you just like threw it in the pot, all the different, like you had a little pouch. Maybe you had a pouch with all the, the spices, like loose. Sounds and like then, me. <laughs> sounds like me. <laughs> and then we had a kettle and you just like, we boiled some water, but you just threw in the spices in. And I was like, that is brilliant. Wow. Like just yeah, all the flavors infused. And like, I hadn't even thought mm-hmm. of making your own chai tea, you know, like. Yeah. Cause people think that chai tea is like a tea bag, yeah, exactly. but it's not, it's black it's tea. A, like it's a it's black a bag. tea bag. We have to add yeah, the spices. Exactly. You just um, add your again, own Again, shout out to my mom like, yeah. for like teaching yeah. me all this. Like that was, it's the greatest thing ever. But yeah, yeah it's, it's weird. Cause everyone's like, Oh, I love chai tea. And then I'll like go to Tim Hortons and get like a chai tea yeah. bag that, that just, that just tastes like an involuntary cinnamon challenge yeah, exactly. and it's just like <laughs> not sure, it. yeah because <laughs> yeah. there's yeah. other spices like it's not just cinnamon it's not just like black tea and cinnamon oh, there's yeah. other like wait is there even cardamom in it sometimes yeah. yeah we we i don't our family doesn't really use cinnamon we use like cardamom mm-hmm. fennel seeds and a joanne mm. seeds oh and like like, sh- like sugar and, and star anise too sometimes no that? Yeah, yeah, like a yeah. it's honestly yeah. like every family is a bit different mm. like everybody has a different mm. recipe but it's kind of just like however your family makes right. tea is it's the way that yeah. it is yeah. that's the family heirloom that was passed down <laughs> yeah. just the same recipe for yeah. chai <laughs> what do you think I'm I'm tea? rethinking now I don't know I why I put aging why did I put aging I guess I just is it the fruit thing not the fruit thing. I think, oh, here it is. I was just like, tea has existed for so long. I think that's where I was going with the aging. Like, like you know, I don't, like, 300 BC, like, you know, <laughs> like, people have been making yeah. tea forever. It's still, mm-hmm. like, raging. Like, it's still amazing. But I, I guess I put aging just because it's, like, it's, like, it's old. It's old. <laughs> Tea is freaking old. It should it should just, just leave. Yeah. <laughs> like, we should start a petition that's just like stop, stop. putting leaves in water. <laughs> but it's good. No, it's raging. Yeah. I yeah. I don't know. I I wouldn't be able to live without tea though. So yeah, that's fair. Like, I mean, my family always goes for dim sum, and then you always you just like drink so much tea while you're like eating Chinese yeah. food, and like yeah, that like it cuts the grease at the same time because it's, like, hot water and, like, some people drink, like, ice-cold water and, like, I've never been able to understand that um, because you need yeah, to drink, like, a hot thing to cut the the heaviness of your meal, you know? Like, yeah, exactly. Like, even, like, in... Like, for us, we have tea, like, we have, like, uh, tea breaks. So, mm. like, in between meals, like, mm-hmm. as a snack, we'll have tea, like, yeah. as a family. Like, that's how we come together. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's always something, like, another thing I love about coming home is, like, whenever, like, on the weekends, like, mid-afternoon, we'll have a tea. And then, like, before bed, we'll all just, like, sit and drink chai tea and, Aww. like, hang out. Like, it's just such, a, like, a, a nice, nice, like, family yeah. thing that we do. And, Aww. yeah, it's great. <laughs> Um, yeah, that was the last one, but that's a great way to Ooh. end. Wow. Just that image of Jesse, like you and your family drinking tea before bed. <laughs> I love it. Just so lovely. Yeah. Put me on the side of a sleepy time tea bag. Sleepy time tea bag. <laughs> the little bears. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I love it. Um, 
I mean, is there anything, any last things that you want to bring up or talk about? Honestly, I think we covered it. I think we did. We yeah, covered it. That was great. Yeah. Um, wow, this was so fun. Thank you so much, Jesse, for coming on the podcast. Ella, thanks so much for having me. I feel like it's such an honor. Like, <laughs> Aw. I feel like there's more, you know, like maybe we'll have you back. I just like. I feel like we could go on forever, you know? Yeah, I knew this was going to be a thing. I was like, if we we talk, like me and Chloe could talk for like years about anything. Yeah, we really could, you know? Just just about tea alone. Yeah, (laughs) like I'm not done talking about tea. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Could keep going forever. But we'll save it for next time. Yes. Okay, well, thank you so much. Wow. Thanks so much for having me. That was so much fun. I actually had such a great time. Aww. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. New episodes will be up every other Sunday. You can check them out on the Raging Asians website on WordPress or directly on Spotify. Before I go, I want to give thanks to the people who have helped me put this podcast together. Monica Batak for encouraging me to produce it for her class, my mom for her endless feedback, and Daniel Chu Castillo for showing me the ropes to podcast producing. The intro song you heard is originally by Aquafina called Cakewalk, and the cover art is from the Aya. Anthology of Asian American Writers by Frank Chin, Jeffrey Paul Chan, Lawson Fusao, Inada, and Sean Wong from 1975. See you next week, and in the meantime, keep raging!